brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. This is Beyond Confidence with your host, Divya Park. Do you want to live a more fulfilling life? Do you want to live your legacy and achieve your personal, professional, and financial goals? Well, coming up on Divya Park's Beyond Confidence, you will hear real stories of leaders, entrepreneurs, and achievers who have stepped into discomfort, shattered their status quo, and are living the life they want. You will learn how relationships are the key to achieving your aspirations and financial goals. Moving your career or business forward does not have to happen at the expense of your personal or family life, or vice versa. Learn more at www.diviapark.com and you can connect with Divya at contact at diviapark.com. This is Beyond Confidence, and now here's your host, Divya Park. Hello. <clears throat> Hello, listeners. This is Divya. I'm so delighted that you have joined us today, and thank you for joining us again. And I want to share with you that I'm bringing you one of my good friends, Kelby Green. Kelby Green is the founder of Common Sense Content and Marketing, a digital marketing agency based out of Houston, Texas. Perhaps more important than what he does in the business realm is that he's also a husband and father to young girls ages one and nearly three. He's on the show today to share a few tips as to what helped him make the successful transition from a comfortable job in corporate America to running his own enterprise that is thriving in less than a year's time. So welcome, Kelby. Thank you, Divya. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, I'm excited that you were able to join us. So tell me a little about your story. What compelled you to become self-employed and how did you get started? 
Sure. So, you know, I started with the traditional route of, um, you know, what most of us do. You know, you're taught to go to school, um, do well in high school, kind of go to college, get a job somewhere within that that you want to build a career from and build a career and kind of work through retirement. Um, And so that's the route that I was on. But I always realized that something was missing. Um, And so I guess kind of to back up a little bit, I I worked in the financial services industry. So I worked um, in banking for for quite a while, um, actually, since I was a senior in high school. But I realized that there was something kind of missing between what information and what financial knowledge I needed um, and what those my peers that were kind of at the same life stage that kind of we weren't getting from some of the larger brands and financial institutions. So I set out to not necessarily change the world, but just to kind of fill in that gap as well as I could. And I created a personal finance blog um, geared more towards millennials um, just to kind of give us, you know, the knowledge that we needed to, you know, start families and to buy homes and just different things that were kind of reality to us at this life stage. Um, And so personal finance blog eventually caught the attention of financial planners that were looking to kind of target that same demographic, you know, generation X, generation Y that was looking to start their families and kind of grow financially. Um, And so the craziest thing happened that what I created as more of a creative outlet in my personal finance blog, um, I had financial planners that reached out to me um, asking me to create content, written content for their blogs because they also wanted to reach those clients. Um, so this was kind of the first time that I realized, man, somebody, you, you can actually make money from doing something that you enjoy. Uh, there's always kind of that, that thought out there that, you know, you should do something you love and you can make money from it. But the reality is, you, you know, that doesn't often happen. Um, and so this was kind of my, my way of doing that. So I started creating written content and doing marketing for financial planners. And eventually I was able to scale that enough into a full service um, business. That's a fascinating story. And tell me about it. Did you just transition out immediately from the corporate job or did you establish yourself as an entrepreneur before you transitioned out? Sure. No, I absolutely established myself. I'm a planner. So there was no way that I could, you know, leap and the net will appear. I'm not wired that way. So uh, for me, it actually, so one advisor reached out and wanted me to create content for their their blog, their website. Um, and then it just kind of happened as referral or just kind of different introductions to t- different people. So one advisor turned into three, which turned into six and kind of so on to where I was at a crossroads where I had to figure out if I was going to stick with my corporate job or, you know, take the, I guess, calculated leap with this entrepreneurial journey. Because there was no way that I could do both. So um, that's kind of, it, it was a gentle nudge from kind of growing it and scaling it just organically. And that's kind of what, what led me into the, the full-fledged um, business. So you mentioned that uh, it was a gentle nudge that tipped you over from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world. And what was that gentle nudge? So it was just that it was the idea that, well, it was a few things. Um, It was one that this is possible, that, you know, I could do something that I originally created as a as a creative outlet and can actually make money, you know, pay my mortgage and, you know, cover things here in in the home. Um, So it, it was that piece. But it was also some 
you know, again, going back to the kind of the answer for the, some of the first question was I just felt like something was missing. So even in, in work, you know, I just felt like there was more for me um, that, you know, certain skills and interests that I had, I felt like I could do more with it. So that was more of a gentle nudge. I felt that there was that something more and the skills that I had could actually help people in more than just the capacity that I was using them in. Mm, definitely makes sense. And from what you're saying is what I'm hearing is that like it's important to plan out. Absolutely. It's not enough to go after your passion. It's important to think about it that how are you going to go ahead and work with it. Right. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I think that it's um, it's kind of the, the quote sexy thing to do right now is kind of follow your passion or um, become an entrepreneur. And that's it takes some thought. You don't just make that leap because of something that you, you know, you enjoy or, or just something that you think would be neat. Um, it, it takes thought and, and time to plan. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely attest to that, especially transitioning out from the corporate job into the entrepreneurship is it's really important to think about not only about yourself, but about your family as well. So you did mention that, you know, you were a husband and a father. How did your family, how did your wife support you in this journey? Oh, man, she was she was amazing. She continues to be amazing, even when I have those low days where I'm like, oh, man, what was I thinking? You know, just have those tough, tough moments. But she was very supportive. And I think that's that's one of the key things that, um, people take for granted sometimes in going off on, on ventures and starting things is the support of, you know, your spouse or your family or people just in your corner. Um, because when you do, you know, get down, because you will, um, you need to have people around you that can remind you that, you know, you can do this. Your skill set, it, it's perfect for this, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, you get caught up in the day to day and you may not feel that way. But having a supportive spouse or supportive partner or whatever the case, friends, family, that goes a long way um, in this journey. Because it's a nonstop journey with ups and downs. Um, it never ends, I don't think. So, yeah. you said it, Kelby, you said it so correctly that it's a journey of up and down. So the key is planning for it and accounting for those roller coasters. Absolutely. No doubt about so, it. It's a fun ride, and yet at the same time, you know, it's ebbs and highs. Yes, it it is. And that's the thing. You kind of have to get used to So I think especially now, kind of with the sharing economy and so many people going off and kind of building their own, you know, hanging their own shingle, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the glamour of, you know, self-employment or entrepreneurship. And... Um, I think it's important to know that it is, you know, a lot of ups and downs. You may have several downs for quite a while, but um, that's where the planning comes in. Because if you're planning and you're doing something that you're truly passionate about um, and that also aligns with your values, your skill sets, those downs won't, you know, knock you out of the game. Those downs you'll know are going to be temporary because you're going to bounce back up. So it's just kind of balancing those. Mm Mm-hmm. No, definitely makes sense. 
So you have mentioned that you serve a pretty specific group of people. Talk to me a little about who do you work with and why did you choose that niche? Sure. So uh, I mentioned earlier that I work with financial advisors, which is in financial planners, which is a really broad, um, broad industry. Um, but I particularly work with fee-only financial planners that serve um, primarily Generation X and Generation Y. Uh, so kind of going back to me creating my blog and kind of filling that space that I thought was not there, um, working in financial services for, you know, 10 plus years, I had never heard of fee-only financial advisors. And just for, you know, listeners, listeners that may not be familiar um, these are advisors that are paid, you know, directly for the service that they provide. So they don't receive any commission. Um, they don't receive any kickbacks from, you know, the, the products that they recommend. They strictly are paid based on, you know, providing uh, financial plans or, you know, helping you with, with your financial needs. So there's no, um, there's less of a um, kind of a dilemma based on, the service that they're providing or the product that they recommend, there's not any conflict of interest there. Um, their information should be unbiased. And they, most of them have a fiduciary oath that they have to provide information based on what's best for you. Um, so I, I didn't know about this for, you know, for many years. And when I found um, this particular group of advisors, it's kind of like I found you know, my people or my tribe, as, as some people describe it, because they shared a lot of the same you know, values that I did in terms of, you know, educating the general public about personal finance and taking an approach that is conflict free. You know, it's not, um, you know, the bank or the company that you work for telling you to sell this product and will pay you a higher commission. That's not even in play. So um, I really, really like that aspect of it. And the other part, too, is the people that I work with are typically one to two person firms. So they're independent financial planning firms. And just the fact that it's one or two people that, that run it, there's limits to what they can do. So, you know, they provide the financial advice, which is great. They're amazing at what they do. But in order for their business to continue growing, um, they, you know, in some ways need to partner with someone that can help them market and help them get their message out there so that they can continue to have a, a client base that, you know, continues to come in. And so that's the piece that I play. Um, and that's the reason why I wanted to serve this particular niche, because I feel like this is a way that I can truly add value. You know, if if I go and work at a large corporation doing the same thing, yes, it, it may affect, you know, several people. But I feel like my impact with working with several smaller firms is a lot more than me working with kind of one large firm. So that was kind of my thought process with with building my business the way I did and working with the the advisors that I work with. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And as a business coach, I can definitely relate to that. Because when I'm working with my clients, it's first of all, we will sit down and we will go over where they are at. And where do they want to go? So it's important to know where you're going, where you're headed. And yes. when you know where you're headed, then you can easily analyze the gap that's between your present state and your desired future state. Absolutely. And once you know that, then you can bridge that gap. And you mentioned two things that jumped out at me. So one was about values yes. that you said it at least a couple of times that what financial planners were 
providing to their people and what you were providing that matched. So basically, your clients' values and your values aligned, and now you're really enjoying the fruit of narrowing down that niche. So that is so important. And actually, that's pretty amazing. I capture everything about values and how your relationship with yourself works in my upcoming book in the Entrepreneur's Garden. And it's amazing, regardless where you are in any entrepreneurship, some things remain the same, that it's about knowing your values and going after it. Absolutely. So did you always know that you would become an entrepreneur? I didn't. I, you know, I had a, I guess, a dream of at some point starting something that would, um, and in my mind, it was more of about the freedom, about the, you know, flexibility of schedule and that kind of thing. It was less about, you know, doing something that, again, aligned with my with my values and what just naturally my natural inclination. So I guess I always thought that I would want to be one, but I didn't necessarily know that I would would end up this way. And especially if you were to ask me, you know, even five years ago, if today I would be in this position, I probably wouldn't believe that. I would think that it would be several more years um, down the road. So I always, always hoped, but I never actually knew that it would pan out. So you mentioned about flexibility, about being an entrepreneur. However, at the token of having flexibility, there is another side to it too, that you know, you are usually for starting out entrepreneurs, you're a one man show. Yes. And whereas you would have the support systems in the corporate world, we tend to forget that, you know, when I used to be in corporate world, I would say, oh my goodness, you know, I used to do such a better job. The productivity was much higher. Mm-hmm. And I was still able to carve out time for so many different things. And as I started looking into it and looking into the time and productivity, what I found was that unless you take a look at your whole business systems and assign proper time, the productivity goes down because now you're trying to attempt to do everything. So that's yes. that's the story. The My starting out days where I was not able to figure out and then I was, of course, with the help of other coaches and as you go through it, your own experience and then bringing back the corporate experience into the life, you realize that it's so important to have the business systems in place. So that said, how do you take those business systems, how do you implement it in your entrepreneurship to balance your work life? Sure. So it's, and you're absolutely right, it is a challenge, you know, coming from the corporate world when you don't have to wear, or where you don't have to wear all the hats to, you know, running the show and you're everything from, you know, invoicing to collections to, you know, you do everything. Um, So, yes, it absolutely is different and a challenge. Um, But one of the things that you mentioned that I think is is probably the most important is surrounding yourself, you know, with people and business coaches and and like yourself, you know, um, personally, you've helped me out a lot in that in that space. And so, you know, surrounding yourself with people that have won, that have done it before and that can help you, you know, with your process so you don't have to figure out how to do it yourself. Um, but two, that can just kind of, you know, you bounce ideas off, um, because not everything is going to work for everyone, but if you can have someone that's, you know, a few steps ahead of, you can kind of give you some advice and let you know, Hey, you know, this may sound good in theory, 
but it's way off. You know, I've tried that. It's not going to get you to the right place. I think that's that's a huge part. Um, one of the things, one of the other things that I've kind of found successful in what I'm doing is segmenting my time. So I like to use time chunks um, so that I can really focus on certain things at that time. Um, so if for me, you know, creating written content, you know, I need to take dedicated time um, to be able to focus to produce quality content. So I can't, you know, do that and check email and try to create graphics. It's nothing is going to be good, you know. So I, I like to break down my time in 25 minute increments. And I think this may run parallel to the, I believe it's Pomodoro technique. And so I'll normally just set a timer on my phone, you know, for 25 minutes. And I'll jump into, you know, whatever the task is. So if it's writing, I'll close out all the tabs on my computer, set my timer, jump into my writing task for 25 minutes uninterrupted. Um, after that alarm goes off, I'll take, you know, a three to five minute break. And then I'll either jump back into something else, um, a, a separate creative task, um, or even jump back into some writing if I've kind of built up a little bit of momentum. And I found that segmenting my day and my time into time chunks, I'm a lot more productive than if I'm trying to do everything here and there, just kind of as it pops up, kind of, I, I think of it like the um, firefighter syndrome, you know, just everything that comes up, I'm just trying to put it out rather than, you know, a dedicated effort towards finishing what I need to in a certain amount of time. No, definitely great thoughts, Kelby. And thank you for sharing that tip. And again, like, you know, two things come up. One is surrounding yourself with the right people. Yes. So that helps in two ways. One is that as an entrepreneur, you're always energized. And energy is so important in the entrepreneurial world because you are your own boss. You are your own motivator. You are your own champion. You are your own everything. Yes. So that said, it's so important to have business coaches because as what you're doing is whether it's business coaches or mindset coaches or career coaches, whatever you need or a mentor or a consultant, whoever you're hiring, it's important to invest in yourself by working with someone who is where you want to be. So that's something what you said is so important yeah. because when you work with somebody who has already traveled the road that you're traveling on and you see that they have already achieved what you want to achieve, what that does is that you are cutting short the time the process is still going to be the same however you can take the proven process and use that to shorten the time from where you are to where you want to go because even to this day I invest in working with two coaches because that's where I want to be yep. and thank you for recognizing me Kelby I appreciate that no, absolutely. And it's so true, you know, and, and, and personally, I feel like I waited too long to, you know, to, to reach out and to, to find someone that can kind of help me through some of these things. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably have that same um, issue to where, you know, you are used to doing everything um, so much so that you even think, well, I can kind of work my way through this problem or I can figure this out on my own. And you take more time spinning your wheels than if you were to reach out to someone, you know, a coach or someone that's been in that place. And like you mentioned, they can they've been there so they can can get you over these things faster than you doing it 
on your own, no matter how great you are at whatever you do. Um, you can't do everything alone. So absolutely, I vouch for coaching and all of that. I think it's very important. And it goes back to similarly what you are doing, right? As you mentioned, the financial planners can do it all on their own. Right. Now you're already in the... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Karina, you already have different contacts. You're already writing the content. So rather than sitting and spending four days to write and turn around in an article which may not be acceptable to the outlet blogs or to magazines, here is someone who's already experienced, who has contacts. They come to you, and usually I like to use the phrase whether you're interested or invested. So if you're interested in yourself, that's almost like having a relationship where you're renting an apartment. Okay, I'm signing a lease, but I know that worse come to worse, if I break the contract, I may have to pay a month's lease and I can go. Mm-hmm. Now if you're invested, you purchase a home, and you're putting your heart and soul into it, and you are seeing what is that home going to look like in few years. You do the landscaping, you go ahead and take care of the inside of the house as you're building, or if you're even getting a built house, you are arranging the inside so that it's going to become your home. It's going to be something that's going to speak about you. So similarly, that goes to what you're doing, Kelby. Like, you know, it again goes to the same principle, whether you're interested or invested. If you're interested in yourself, then you'll probably be spending a longer time in figuring out things, and that's absolutely fine too. But if you're invested in yourself, then you sit down, you put down the roots, and you achieve success much faster. So absolutely. similarly, so let's say if uh, somebody were to ask you hmm? that what is the attribute that is the essence of your success so far, what would you say? It's honesty. Um, and, and I have to unpack that a little bit because that's kind of just a, you know, a, a arbitrary answer. Um, but honesty in, in several different capacities. So I think one being honest with myself, with what I'm good at, um, what I'm not good at, and the value that I feel like I can add to someone else. So I needed to really dig into um, to those things because I think, you know, throughout our life, we're told um, by others what we're good at, what we should do, what direction we should take. And a lot of times that gets into our mind and we take a path that's not really our path. Um, it's a path that was our parents' path or a path that, you know, our classmates told us that, you know, that should be a good path. And it doesn't really fit with us. So you know, we're in a career for 20 plus years that we we despise. So one of the things was kind of being honest with myself and saying, you know, hey, this is what I enjoy doing. Um, could I see myself doing this in a business for, you know, the rest of my life? And if the answer is yes, then move forward. What's the next thing? So really, you know, some internal reflection to see what 
what's true, what's my truth. Um, the other thing is, and again, kind of going to the value, and this is kind of probably a tough thing for most entrepreneurs. We can't do everything um, for everyone. So kind of scaling down, you know, what are the best things that I can provide? Um, you know, we may do a lot of things very well, but there are a few things that we are, that all of us are excellent at. And I think, you know, even if you don't know what that is, um, you know, a little internal reflection will, will show that to you. What do people ask you? You know, what are you the authority on within your group of friends? Um, you know, and that's, maybe you've never thought about it, but that's your thing. And, and I'll kind of give you an idea. So all throughout um, high school, college, um, I was always really good at, at writing and not, you know, bragging on myself, but I, I'll be honest, I was a procrastinator. And so I did not always get, you know, my writing assignments. Um, I, I didn't start, you know, two or three weeks before. I was lucky if I started two or three days before. And, um, and, and just being honest. And so it, without fail for, I mean, I'm sure there were a few times that I didn't do, do well on the assignment, but you know, when I would get it back, I would almost be shocked because, you know, the grades were really, they were really good grades and I didn't take a lot of time to do it. And so I ran from writing. I never in a million years thought that I would make a career out of writing. I thought, you know, hey, maybe this is something, you know, my mother was a teacher. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I attributed it to, you know, maybe something that she taught me when I was a child. So, you know, hey, I lesson learned, great, got through college. Hopefully I don't have to write again, but th it kept coming up, you know, so I would have, you know, things at work. Um, I would have, you know, the, you know, senior executives or whoever come to me and say, hey, you know, could, could you write this or could you create this document? And so I didn't start to see kind of those those lines together until I stepped into, you know, until I was got the wheels in motion for building my business. So I say all of that to say, you know, those few things that you do really well, um, they're probably staring you in the face and saying, hey, you know, if, if you would look a little bit further into this, you may be able to build something from it. Um, and and that, that's my experience and what kind of happened with me. So that's, I guess my answer in the honesty is, is probably the best that plays into all of that. No, and it's a great point because trust is the basis of all relationships. And regardless whether you're talking about relationship with yourself, you're talking with relationship with your clients, with your spouse, with your family, your friends, yes. or with your partners, with your team members, trust and honesty is the place where you're creating that safe space where people know that you will deliver on what you promise. Right. So that is great point. And another point is that do what you play. Yes. And as you mentioned that, yes, you were not almost ready to go into writing yet as you were doing the self-reflection, you found out that you were good at writing. Right. And that's coming, what comes easy to you? That's one of the things, listeners, I will always recommend to do if you're going ahead and doing the self-reflection. What is one or two things that you play at? What are they? How? What comes easy to you? And when you know that, and of course, you need to have love for it as well. And when the two combine together, excellence is going to be the result. 
Absolutely. And, and, and you're right. You have to enjoy it. And, and in my case, with the writing, you know, I didn't enjoy it because it was not within, you know, I was writing, you know, English papers or, you know, world history papers. But now when you get me to write about finance, something that I, I enjoy and, and uh, uh, you know, something that I'm passionate about, that's easy. You know, that's what I enjoy. You know, business, entrepreneurship, finance, that's kind of my wheelhouse. So the thing that I ran from in writing, once combined with something that I enjoy, that builds the perfect marriage. And I think, you know, once people find those, find that place, you're, you're golden. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right on that, that it's about what you play at and combining it with your passion. When you do that, it becomes golden and you can run with it. Absolutely. So we've talked about it. And yes, you may be doing things that you're working at, that you're passionate about. And yet, especially as an entrepreneur, if you're working from home, it is so hard to draw the line sometimes between work and family life. Yes. So how do you do that, Kelby? Oh, man, it is a constant challenge. So um, one, the, the proximity to, you know, your living room where the TV is or your kitchen or that presents a challenge in itself, but just, you know, trying to make sure, especially with me, with having two, two young kids and a wife, um, I really try to make sure that I'm, that I spend time with them uninterrupted time. So for me, what that looks like is, you know, in the morning we get together and we, you know, we're together, there's no laptops or computers. Um, and I get, help my wife get the girls ready. We take them to the, the babysitter. Um, and then I jump into work. Um, when I pick up the girls in the evening, you know, I try to have uninterrupted time from the time that I pick them up until it's time for them to go to sleep um, so that I'm, I'm present with them. Now, the, the issue with being an entrepreneur, especially kind of a one-man show, um, one-man, one-woman show, is you're, even though you're present, you're not always present. So it, it's kind of hard to get your mind to stop moving on business things because it, it starts and stops with you. So that's something that I'm still trying to work on actually being in the moment and being present with them while I'm physically there um, because it's so easy to get caught up in your to-do list or your um, things. So, but I really try to make that time to be face-to-face -face with them. And even on the weekends also, um, I do quite a bit of work on the weekends. Um, but I try to carve out at least, you know, Saturday mornings or Sunday afternoons to make sure that's uninterrupted family time. I don't even bring out my cell phone. Um, you know, I'm not in front of a laptop just so that that we have family time, because I like to think of it, you know, I'm doing this for my family. I could have, you know, all the business success in the world. But if my family life has you know gone down the drain, then what is it worth? So there has to be a balance for me. And, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned this to my wife that if I did face that dilemma to where, you know, m maybe my business was very successful, but my family life was suffering, um, I would figure out a way to leave the business realm and find something, um, another job or go back into, you know, corporate America to build that balance back into my life. Because I, you know, the family life is what's important. Um, so that's, you know, I try to, again, try to make that family, that face-to-face -face time and to be present um, there so I can, can kind of draw the line, you know, between work and, and business. You're right, Kelby. 
that family time is so important and it's great that you carve out the uninterrupted time for that yes. because if you do not carve out uninterrupted time that focus time for your family it's so easy to get carried away in all the things that you need to do as an entrepreneur yes and the best part of that is that these years don't come back these moments don't come back and you right. mentioned something very unique is that it's hard to be present in the moment and i'll share that with you even though i've been practicing mindfulness for decades it's still a struggle and it's an ongoing journey it's also knowing that it's okay if you're not being able to present totally you have made the effort of carve out that time and be there with your family so think right. about it if you would not carve out any time at all then right. you would not be there at all so it's also giving yourself that space and acknowledging yourself so i do acknowledge you for having those values and bringing a balance to work and life which is so important right. thank so you so going back to yeah please go ahead no no go ahead you um um i'm fine so going back to the entrepreneurship what is your biggest pain point that you are dealing with currently in your business it's you know it it's a good problem to have but i feel like business is growing a little bit faster than the than expected so certain certain processes and and different things that i didn't think i would have to put into place until you know a year from now i'm i'm being faced with kind of those issues now um so which is is completely nothing to complain about because i could have the the other side of of that where business is so slow that you know i don't know how you know mortgage is going to get paid so it's just a matter of things growing and making sure that i have the right processes in place um so that i can continue growth and sustain it and and actually get sleep and and different things like that so it's just um figuring that out um uh, there's not you know yes working with business coaches is is great and that can absolutely um grow your business in the right way but it's also no blueprint um you know for running your particular business um there's nothing that you can look at and flip to page 37 and it tells you exactly how to do x y and z so it's just that you know being able to kind of figure certain things that you need to out as as they come and especially when your business is in growth mode that's a, a bit of a challenge so that's that's my biggest pain point getting the processes in place now so that 5 years down the road is it's running like a well oiled machine you brought up a really great point kelby you know so many aspiring entrepreneurs face this challenge that after 3 or 5 years into the business they're still running a one man show yet the business has taken off and the keys again being very very clear where do you want your business to go yes it's about having that clarity about your true north it's about having the clarity about your goals and when you have the goals you can systematize your business in such a manner that you can keep up with the growth and it's not only keeping up with the growth it's about taking the success and sustaining it Absolutely. and creating systems and processes and strategies in place and that's where again collaborations come in place that when you have strategic collaborations you can really sustain that success that you have been talking about so there's also a lot of talk about the shared economy 
and how it is changing the face of business. Can you share your thoughts on these ideas and how is it impacting your business in particular? Sure. So I think the sharing economy is is great. Um, my perspective is a little different. You know, if, maybe if I owned a big major corporation, I would not feel that way. Um, but I think that it it opens up one for the consumer that that the consumer has so many different buying options due to um, you know smaller enterprises kind of coming along. But also from you know my perspective with my business, I don't necessarily have to you know get office space and, you know, bring in an in-house, you know, three or four employees, um, I can outsource some of these things with another entrepreneur that is just in that niche. So if I need help with, you know, marketing, for example, or so, let's say social media marketing, just as a, as a more specific example, I don't have to bring in a, a social media marketing manager and have them as an employee. I can have someone that does this as their business. All they do is social media marketing for several small companies, and I can work directly with them. And you know, I pay them whatever their their fee is, and I, I save. I still get the same um, same end result, but I don't have to to have an employee come in. So I think, you know, companies like, you know, Uber and some of these other things that are just kind of changing the way business is done. I think it's great. Um, I think that it, it encourages competition and that for the consumer and for the entrepreneur, the solo entrepreneur especially, um, it's great because you can operate as a larger business without the overhead. Oh, absolutely. You're so right on the mark because, as you mentioned, in the shared economy, it has changed the face of it. It's going from a job that would last you 20 to 25 years with pensions and with your old age covered, that's yes. gone. It's almost right. like this uncertainty and change has become the norm. Right. And independent contractors, we are going from full-time jobs to more contractual assignments. And as you mentioned, that really helps the solopreneur. Absolutely. Where you don't have to go through the overhead and at the same time you can get the work done like a large corporation. Exactly. Exactly. I, I agree 100%. I think um, it's, it just, it, you don't have to spread yourself as thin. I think it's, it's a completely different world that we're going to see, especially like five years from now, um, as, you know, the sharing economy grows. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for some of the major, you know, corporations um, that used to kind of own the marketplace. Um, now a lot of the smaller players and a lot of the smaller you know, one, two, three-person companies are able to compete at scale um, because they don't have as much overhead. So I think it'll be interesting to see um, how that happens. Oh, definitely. You brought on a really good point. So, Kelby, if uh, you were to leave our audience with three action items, what would those be? Sure. So um, first thing is reflect and kind of, and, and this is, it's cliche, but really take some time, quiet time, and just journal about what things you're good at. I mentioned earlier, you know, what are the questions that people come to you for? You know, to think about your recent conversations with some of your best friends. Um, what, what was the commonality? What did they all ask you? Was it about fashion? Was it about um, your thoughts on, you know, the economy or, or whatever that is? And, and think about that. And figure out what your thing is. Um, so 
that's that's the first thing. The second thing is kind of take a chance, put yourself out there. And this is not to say um, go out there and start a business and quit your job tomorrow, but try something. Um, try, you know, maybe sell something on Amazon or just kind of get those entrepreneurial, um, you know, juices flowing. You know, just try something outside of your norm because I think a lot of us get so caught up in the day to day and um, the the family obligations and all of these things that we may have a dream to jump out and do something, um, but we never get out of our comfort zone. So by doing something small, um, even having a garage sale and selling some things just to kind of get out of your typical mindset may spur the growth of you know a business idea um, long term. And then number three. I would say find people that are where you want to be. Um, you know, family, friends, colleagues. Um, find people who are where you want to go and take them out for coffee. Meet them. Um, ask them questions and, and just see what you need to do to get on that path. Hey, this is Rebel. Um, Divya is having some um, technical difficulties right now. I'm trying to get her back, but we are still live Ooh. On, the on the air. So, Kelby, do me a favor and tell everybody where they can reach you. Sure. You can reach me um, through my website. It's www.commonsensecontent.com. And sense is spelled like change, so C-E-N-T-S. So that's commonsensecontent.com. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Divya, do we have you back? Yes. Hi. I just got Kelby to give us his contact information, and we are down to one minute. Still live. Oh, thank you, Rebel. So appreciate it. And Kelby, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your feedback with us. Greatly appreciate your sharing not only your experiences and your insights with us, and thank you for joining us. And listeners, so much thank you to you all. and. My apologies for Skype going out on me, so we had a break, but I have to thank Rebel for continuing the show on. So thank you again, listeners, for joining us, and please do reach out to me as to what you would like to listen and how I can serve and support you. Until next time, take care. Thank you for being part of Beyond Confidence with your host, Divya Park. We hope you have learned more about how to start living the life you want. Each week on Beyond Confidence, you hear stories of real people who have experienced growth by overcoming their fears and building meaningful relationships. During Beyond Confidence, Divya Park shares what happened to her when she stepped out of her comfort zone to work directly with people across the globe. She not only coaches people how to form heart connections, but also transform relationships to mutually beneficial partnerships as they strive to live the life they want. If you are ready to live the life you want and leverage your strengths, learn more at www.divyapark.com. And you can connect with Divya at contact at divyapark.com. We look forward to you joining us next week, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.